You'll never believe this. A pastor and a rabbi walk into a podcast to discuss how faith and tradition should inspire but not limit us. Yeah, we talk about stand-up comedy, surfing, religion, family issues, Doritos, hemorrhoids, the bears, and absolutely nothing at all. You'll have so much fun, you'll never believe we're actually religious leaders. Killing this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the, the neat part is they, uh, the, they install this, the software into your phones now that your camera will take uh, you know, five or six pictures and it will pick like the best versions of each of the f- six people in your family. And it'll go, oh, this is a bad face for your for Maytal. We're going to put this one in. And it'll sort of Photoshop it immediately. So it's like this Instagram world where everything has to look perfect and touched up. And uh, it, it's well, just it's amazing. Not, it's not only that, it's like, did, we used to do that ourselves. Remember making collages? Oh yeah, we cut things out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we would, I mean, I, I saw somebody posted I forget, in like, I think one of the SAA groups, because we were in Student Alumni Association at URI together. And we used to like, people used to make like poster boards and they were like, look, this was our year in an album. And like, you'd be cut out and like, look like an idiot next to somebody else who wasn't even there next to you. You know what I mean? And then, and I was like, we don't need, now we've got a machine to do all this stuff for us. It's so sad. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing that, you know, it's incredibly beneficial that we have these screens and this technology, but it also sort of takes away from the intimacy and experience sometimes of just what's real and what's normal. Partially people are saying that that's the, the, um, the rise of suicide rates and depression rates, especially in teens is from this pressure to like appear perfect on Instagram or like post for likes. And it's like, you're taking yourself out of an authentic experience to try to create someone you're not to fake, to fake it. And then you're waiting to see if people like your, like who you are in your fake, you know, perfected self. And no, it's for like, sure. I, I don't have time for that crap. If, if people don't like me, I'm going to move on. There are billions <laughs> of people in the world. I mean, but you know, like I heard not that long ago that they said um, Rob Lowe, right? The actor was really adamant that you couldn't shoot him from a certain side, like an angle that he thought he didn't look good from a certain, I mean, this is one of the, obviously people know one of the most gorgeous men who ever graced the planet, but he would sit there and say, no, you can't shoot me from the left. You can only shoot me from the right. And that's what people do on Instagram. They like oh, do yeah. these things where they're like, I'm going to put my lips out like this and my flare my nostrils like that. And I was like, yeah. do you think that's what you look like? I mean, yeah. maybe if somebody said something you really didn't like, you might flare your nostrils like that. But otherwise, why, why are you making faces like that? Yeah, yeah. And Which it, is funny because Rob Lowe also quoted once that his, um, sex, a, his sex tape was the best thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> well, there you go. I wonder what angle that was from. I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? No. <laughs> not today not today no. he's he was trying to steal cassandra from wayne and that was on that was just unacceptable okay i mean and well, if anybody well, would ever believe that wayne could keep her as opposed to rob Lowe, that was the joke in and of itself that's the joy of a movie though is that the loser can get the girl i know it's, that's he like just has to learn he just has to learn cantonese and let garth order the cream of some young blonde boy Nice, nice. No, yeah. we're by the way, we're really adamant, and I'm still holding to this that that my daughter, we she is now my eldest is 10, Natal, and she, a friend of hers, just got a smartphone and she's like dying for a smartphone. 
And I am like, no, you will not have a smartphone until you're 16. Uh-huh. Like that's, that's our rule right now. Where are you holding in that? How, how late does it have to be in your mind? I don't Do know. I mean, we're, we're not really there yet. I think at some point we'll have to decide to get them some way to contact people uh, before they're 16. Just Smoke because signals is good, I heard. Smoke signals work really well. Carrier pigeons, that sort of thing. Carrier yeah. pigeons are yeah. always good. So yeah. just because, I mean, the, the, the busyness and the drop-offs and pickups and, you know, being at friend's house, I, I don't want her a slave to like other people's cell phone or get herself caught in a caught in a situation where she can't like contact us. But you're, but I think the smartphone thing, like, I don't even know, do they still make like burner flip phone flip phones? I think they make some things. I mean, at least in this country, I've seen things floating around that because in this country, they have a thing called um, kosher phones. Can I tell you about this? <laughs> oh yeah, baby. And they, and no pork. no pork phones. What are kosher phones? Exactly what you're talking about. A kosher phone is something that does not go on the web. It only it, makes phone calls. So, like, wait, so is being online unkosher? <laughs> Correct. They are afraid that the ultra-Orthodox in this country are afraid that if you're on your phone and you're going online, you're going to end up on some website that you don't want to be on and you're going to see something that you don't want to see. And there's a big thing about worrying about um, like impure thoughts, if you will. Right. And so if you see something like that, you'll have impure thoughts. So they, they do not have. That's interesting that, that, that the, the government or the cell phone companies feel like they need to either control that. I guess it's just creating an option you're saying, right? Like they can yeah. still buy smartphones that give, give people the ability to, to go wherever they yeah, want. No, no, this is not a governmental thing. This is definitely like a business saw a need and these people were demanding it and there's a demand for it and they made it. It's not a, it's not a thing like, you know, it, yeah. it, but it's a, it's a crazy reality we live in. But at the same time, that's what I would want to get her. I'd be happy. I'd be fine with her if she had a phone to call people. But and now it's like this big thing because all of her friends have WhatsApp, right? And everyone's WhatsApping back and forth. And there's all these groups from her, her from her youth movement, and she wants to be on all those groups. And like the next thing you know, Leia's on the the one who's actually on the group, and she's like, I now have 250 messages from your group. And, oh. and then Paul has to sit down and look at 250 messages. Oh it's like my gosh. Do uh, the phones, a- so do the phones look Jewish, the ones that are kosher? Like, do they have the pay side curls? And <laughs> I, was, uh, I was wondering if you're going to say, is the center button longer than the Ooh, face? Oh, I, I, I don't go there. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, no, it's like, no, they don't look any, they don't, but it would be great. That would be a good little bit to do with like kosher phones with like side, you know, pay us on the side. My yarmulke. Oh, it'd be great. They should have, yeah, that little, those little pop buttons that they have people put on their phones now, they should have them uh, like looking like yarmulkes. Like a yarmulke. <laughs> I, saw, I don't know if I said it to you. I saw a guy that did a great bit uh, sort of crossing over and saying how many uh, things there are that are like, you know, Jewish slash, you know, COVID restrictions and how we are the people of restrictions. And so this isn't, doesn't even phase us to have any of these restrictions. And one of the things he said was he said, you know, you have this thing down here to cover your mouth. Okay, so for us, you know, you just move it up here on top of your head when you need to eat something. He's like, it's perfect. You know what I mean? And then you pull it back down when you're done. <laughs> you have a lever or something. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, he said. He said, like, in all the tri- the like tr- the the shifts are like very small for us. He uh-huh. was like, you know, there's like no more than ten people, and we need ten people to pray together. Like, you have to have ten men, and then once you have ten men, are over. And he's like, oh, so now it's it's ten or less. 
not 10 or more. I get it. It's no problem. We can do this. It's very easy for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Well, that sort of leads in one of the things that's big right now while we're recording on December 21st is the rollout of uh, the COVID vaccinations. And uh, you had wanted to chat a bit about uh, vaccinations and the religious. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. So um, Saturday BB got it. You just want to do everything BB did. I want to do everything that BB did. Do you know why I want to do everything that (laughs) BB did? I want to be, I want to be, I want to be like BB. You know that we, he and I went to the same high school, right? Do you know this? No. No, oh, yes. Philadelphia? Here's the story. Here's the story in Philadelphia. So BB's father. Tell everyone who BB is. No one knows who BB yeah, is. I was like, I was like, everyone's sitting here going, why would you call the prime minister BB? Like, the robot hard. from Star Wars? <laughs> so everyone comes <laughs> His name is BB Netanyahu, or we call him is, is Benjamin Netanyahu. His name is belovedly called BB. And he um his father was a history professor and he studied, he spent time as a professor in uh, the University of Penn and he yeah. went to school. Um, he and his brother went to school at Cheltenham High School where I went to high school. Shout out to all the Cheltenham people who are listening, all two of you. Thanks for listening. So the, um, the, so he was in between, sorry, my mother went to school. She was the year in between his, the older brother and the younger two. So his older brother, Yoni, and BB were in school. And so wait, so this is where it gets really good. So we went to visit um, Philadelphia this one time. And when we went to visit, we went to Target. And in Target, the woman says to us, to Leah, my wife and I, as we were living in Israel already, she said, oh, you guys want to get holiday pictures? It was the summer, but she's like, you want to get pictures for the holidays? And we said, oh, thanks so much. But you know, we live in Israel. And she says to me, oh, I, I know Benjamin meaning BB. And I go, oh, Benjamin. you went to Cheltenham. And she goes, yes. And Leah goes, what the heck are we talking? Who's Benjamin? And I was like, there's only one Benjamin in Cheltenham Township. And that's Benjamin Netanyahu. So, um, so yeah, so BB got it on Saturday night, um, as did the health minister. And I think one or two other people that night, that was sort of the kickoff. And then now uh, starting today, they started giving it to everyone who's 60 and over. My uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law both uh, are signed up to get theirs tomorrow. And I, I just, I mean, I can't even believe that it's happening. It's like, my, I am totally dumbfounded that this thing happened in other, under nine months, that it's rolling out, that they said there might even be a chance that the rest of the population, I think, might be getting it in a week, right? That they're going to start rolling it out for the rest of the population. I think The people under 65, under 60. Yeah. Everybody under sixty. Why like, are you talking, Why are you dumbfounded that it's happening? Uh, because this is definitely a modern miracle. It's the fastest uh, a vaccination has ever been produced in the history of man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, first of all, is a miracle. Second of all, it's a miracle. I think because of the the, the absolute pressing need that we have right now. Mm-hmm. It's just. I mean, I'm just sitting here going. How how could this? I mean, how could I, modern science is an amazing thing in and of itself, but this is just amazing. How do you? What do? You, what are your? Where are you holding in all this? Um, I don't know. I mean, as far as vaccinations, I think it's wonderful. It's going to be the beginning of uh, immunity for a number of people, um, and I think it's helpful. I, I think you know that I'm also dumbfounded that it's. Uh, done this fast, but also because that's, that could be pretty dangerous, um, based on vaccination history and the amount of regulations that have been put on, um, put on vaccinations and the timing and the companies and the amount of testing they have to do prior to release and public consumption. 
um, you know, it's, it's dangerous. It, you, they've done some uh, testing, it sounds, uh, on humans and, um, you know, just tried to taper it a bit. Um, but, you know, in 1955, um, there was a polio vaccine um, that uh, they call one of the worst pharmaceutical disasters in history, if I remember. Um, there were about 40,000 cases uh, of polio that came from the vaccine. Mm. Um, about 51 of them led to permanent paralysis and death. Um, anyway, so, so I, so one of, the things, one of the things that's different about this vaccine, if I understood it correctly, I saw a, a, an epidemiologist speaking about it the other night when what right before BB was getting the vaccination, he said that what, what you're actually not getting in this is you're not getting the coronavirus. They it's are basically, alive. what's that? It's still a live version of it though. It's, it's the idea I think is that it just makes the sort of crown that it has. It tells your immune system to make this crown, which is then what fights it off. So look, I think number one, I hear what you're saying. The dangers are, that is a scary aspect of it. I think it shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, I think that from the statistics of what they got from the testing that they did, the numbers were pretty, it was done on a good number of people and the results were pretty positive. I mean, it wasn't something that came back with a lot of negative results. And so far, since it's been rolled out, the only negative results I've heard of, and maybe you've heard of something else, is that people have, uh, who have anaphylactic issues had gone into anaphylactic shock and have survived and been fine because they had an EpiPen and everything, thank God, was fine. But you could be looking more long-term. Are you thinking more long-term? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just having, they have no long-term studies on this thing. And obviously they they can't at this point. Um, they also, you know, they haven't released it to mass population. Essentially that the, the human testing is going to be mass population and mass production. So whatever is happening is going to play out in real time on a massive scale. Um, right. And that, I think that's the scary part. And the other thing is I, th I think people... Vaccinations have been incredibly helpful, but also people haven't really studied the um, what surrounds vaccinations, what what helps make them more effective or less effective. Um, I think I think the the thing is I think people there's so many people who are saying once we get this vaccination, the world's going to go back to normal, and the the fact is it's not true. You know, only fifty percent of vaccinations are permanently effective, meaning. Some people may have immunity to this thing for two to three months, but then the antibodies will dissipate. You know, their body hadn't, didn't learn how to create those antibodies on its own. It just used what the vaccination gave them um, and used them for short term. So you're saying, but at worst case scenario, in that scenario, then you're having the, you'll have the flu vaccine again. You'll get it the next, the next time you need it, right? Isn't yeah, but you won't. But the trouble is you'll think you're immune. The world's going to go back to no masks, hugging, licking doorknobs, and you, people oh, like, uh, assume they're Or you mean like okay. eating gum off the subway bars, like that kind of a thing? Yep, yep. <laughs> um, well, I, listen, I think the most people, I hope, are, are looking at this as more of, and, and this is the way I'm looking at it, right? When I, when I sit here and I, I do a, a brit milah, right, and I do a circumcision and I have lots of people around more than I would normally, let's say, on my normal circumstances, I try to keep my distance from people. I try, I'm, I'm pretty adamant about masks, right? My biggest fear is that I'm, is not so much for my own safety, right? I'm not worried that, that necessarily I'm going to catch something and God forbid die. I'm in a very low 
right? Being young, being in the for, in my forties, right? I'm not at high risk in any level, right? But if I happen to have it, let's say either I'm asymptomatic or I, I have it um, and don't even know it yet, right? And I, and I sit here and I do the, and I perform this procedure. The way it's usually done is that the baby is in the lap usually of the grandfather. That's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that I'm sitting there doing this procedure and God forbid I pass it on to somebody who is at a high risk category. And so I, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I don't think that this should be something that people should turn around and say, what do we don't need, you know, that's yeah. it. Masks are gone. Everything's fine. Like I just want to try our best to help the people who are at high risk right now. And that there's a lot of them. Sure. The other um, disappointing thing is that the, the virus is already starting to uh, mutate yes. or change. Yes. You know, London just shut back down because, or lock, went back on lockdown because there's a, a new strain of the virus. So the vaccine we currently have is ineffective on this new strain. They could still get it, but the, you know, it'll only affect the strain that we've experienced for the past nine months. And, you know, if you get sneezed in the face, you're not looking at what strain it is to figure out which vaccine. <laughs> Usually when I get sneezed in the face, I'm only looking at one thing. And that's the person who sneezed at me. That's not a fun, that is not fun. Um, I'll tell you an amazing thing. This is actually really a, a, a crazy story. I, I just looked this guy's age up, this guy, this rabbi's age up. There's a rabbi who is a leader of sort of the very right wing or right wing of the Orthodox community here in Israel. His name is Chaim Konevsky. He, if I'm not mistaken, is 98 years old. I mean, he was born in, I think it said either 1928 or 1923. I mean, he was, the guy is really close to hundred. He, at the beginning of all this, refused to lock anything down. He wouldn't lock down. He wouldn't tell his community to lock their shuls down. He wouldn't close his schools and everywhere else pretty much in Israel was locked down. So, and he got it. He survived and now, right now, is demanding that all of his followers get the vaccination. That, that to me is like, first of all, I think the Jewish community on a whole, our sort of track record has always been to listen to medical science and to do whatever it is we can do to save a life. We've, I actually have seen people write this up already that they feel like it's a biblical uh, injunction that we have to get the, the, the vaccination. Mm. Um, and biblical, by biblical, I mean, that's the highest level we have, right? Where that's is that? What do are, what are they quote? So it's actually in Leviticus. Let me see. I'm going to look it up as we talk. Um, it's in Leviticus. Uh, one of them is it said, I think we've talked about it before. It says um, the wording is chai bahem, which means we have to live by the laws of the Torah, not die by them. That's one, right? And, it, and it's that, that is one of the things that's used to um, what does that have to do with medical uh, intervention, though? I don't understand. It has to, right. It ha basically means that we have to do everything we possibly can to save a life. That's what it's used as the basis for. It means that when we say that you have to live by the Torah's words and not die by them, we usually are referring to Shabbat and, and Shabbat observance. That's usually the classic case we're talking about. And we say a person who, um, uh, let's say something comes up, let's say, I'll give you the classic, classic example. In the Mishnah, it talks about um, in our first legal text called the Mishnah, it talks about some, if you come upon a pile of rubble and you know that this building has fallen down, right? And the building has collapsed and there may be somebody inside the rubble, but you're not sure, okay? The, um, you have, you usually are not allowed to turn over stones, mess with stones. Like that's all stuff you're not supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, 
that is something which you are completely, you don't have to keep Shabbat in this point. When you could be saving somebody's life, you have to live by the words of the Torah, not die by the words of the Torah. That's the first thing. Um, Hold on. You're still not answering the question. So where does it specifically say about vaccines? Because it seems extra biblical what you're saying. It's not in that text. Right. But everything in our lives in this day and age is extra biblical. We don't, we don't, it doesn't actually say in the biblical text, it would never say anything about vaccines because they didn't exist in the Torah. But it doesn't even say anything about medicine, living and dying by the word of God. Correct. It doesn't use the word medicine. That is true. Um, But has in our classic text and the the text that the rabbi, the way the rabbis have sort of explicated what the text is supposed to mean, it has always been understood to mean living and making sure to save a life and doing everything that you can to save a life. Now you can, you can argue and say that's awfully broad, right? Yeah. It's I just, I, would, I wouldn't call that biblical cause it's not, you know, overtly, but what you're saying is the, the rabbis have explicated it from the Bible. So it's a rabbinical that's tradition, not a correct. And that's uh, the confusing biblical, part. right. It's not a biblical. The confusing part is when does biblical, no, biblical never meant literal in our tradition, you know, in the, in the, what we call the Sadducees, the tradition of the um, the people who are the rabbis who who are the rabbis of the Talmud and the Mishnah, right? Those rabbis, um, they were the people who sort of explicated what the text meant and and how the text was applied. So it's always sort of rabbinic, but we're using their their sort of I always call it the hook that they hang it on, right? When you start and you have an argument or you want to sort of uh, base your legal argument on something. It can go in two directions. You can say it directly says, don't mix meat and milk, right? That's pretty clear. That's a biblical command that says, I cannot put milk right, from right. the mother. Specific literal, the, yep. Right, specific literal. But we didn't just say, right, there's a good example. We didn't just, the, the rabbis didn't understand meat and milk to mean just a cow and its calf. They understood it to mean even chicken and milk, right? That's where it gets explicated that far. But the starting point, if I have a starting point in the text, that's where I hang my sort of law on. I say, see, I have a verse where this all starts from. If I don't even have a verse where it starts from, I can't call it, I can't call it biblical. I call it rabbinic. It's a rabbinic law, right? So how do you, back to vaccinations, how do you say that, if, you know, with, with, I mean, it sounds arguable between different sects of Judaism, whether this is about listening to medicine or not, how do you say that we should all get vaccinated or listen to medical advice um, if it's arguable, if it's debatable? Well, welcome to Judaism, my friend. Everything's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> you are now part of the crew. You know, welcome to, welcome, as, as, uh, as I quote my, uh, my favorite uh, I watched the other night, welcome to the party, pal, right? That's, you know, John uh, McLean says, welcome to the party. But no, so we, so Everything's debatable, right? And you can say, yeah. what's interesting about this, though, I bet you would find, I have not polled anybody, but I bet you would find that on, on the whole, the majority of the Jewish community, whether they would disagree on Shabbos observance, right, keeping Shabbat, whether they would argue about, you know, laws of keeping kosher, almost everyone would agree when it comes to medical science, we don't really argue about this. There's very few things that we argue about when it comes to medical uh, instructions. And so what up. about, what about doctors who disagree on various things? How do you, you know, do you just pick which doctor you prefer and saying that's the advice we'll follow? I think we would probably go with the prevailing opinion, right? I don't think, I, I think you're always going to find people who disagree, right? There are, 
I've seen a lot of videos of wacko doctors saying that 5G is causing people to have coronavirus. Have you seen those? No. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that's out there. So, you know, and do we, do we listen to that person? Not necessarily, but if the prevailing scientific community is, it has come down and said, this is what need be done right now. And this is what will help to solve this problem. We have, we do it. We would do it. And I, I, and it's interesting because you could say, isn't that almost like being some sort of religious fervency that you'd follow but it's actually following science. So I don't really know how that could be classified as religious for, you know, over religious fervency, but it's hard. I, I actually was talking to uh, my sister not that long ago, and she said that she was watching anti-vaxxer videos, and, and she said, it makes my head spin. I said, I know. All this stuff can make your head spin. You know, if you listen to one side of the argument, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get swayed in that one direction. And if you listen to the other side of the argument, you'll get swayed in the other direction. I said, what I usually do is, if I'm questioning these things, is I ask for everyone's sources. I say, please give me the source of your information that you're, you know, quoting right now. And if I can't get a source, then I'm much more skeptical. If I get a source and then I'm still stumped, I go to somebody who knows a lot more about medicine than I do, right? The, the rabbis have always relied on uh, experts beyond their, their knowledge to make their decisions. But you're also saying it's the majority opinion. It's the, you said it's the prevailing Correct. medical opinion. Correct. So what about instances in history where the prevailing medical opinion, they realized there was a better way or a different way? And then it got that's, overturned. But that's that's classic. That's medicine throughout history, right? Right. That's so, always been the. That's just that's just the progression of medicine, and you will always find that things will change along the way, right? Right. And and so all we can do in sort of when you're sort of fumbling around in the blind, so to speak, is to follow to follow the person with the best sight around, and those are the those are the scientists and the doctors, right? Correct. But, but, but scientists and doctors disagree on things. I mean, even some of the, uh, the anti-vaccination movement, there are still doctors who stand by it and have sources, like you said, that are credible uh, and research that is sufficient. And that's the, that's the hard part is, I, you know, if you told me pick the, pick the majority or the prevailing opinion, I would say, well, it just depends on what rabbit hole you're going down. You know, just like the, the elections here this last year on People, people who are looking at Facebook uh, can think two completely dichotomously different ideas are absolutely facts about Trump or about Correct. Biden. And that's only because they're only looking at things that support their, you know, kind of personal opinion or the very first article they read happened to be, you know, staunch for or against someone or some vaccination or in some sort. I think the trouble is people don't, you know, contribute critical thought and, and, the other thing about, I think, vaccinations that troubles me is um, this idea that um, your body, your body will take that uh, vaccination just fine, no matter what. When really, and medical data does show that people with compromised immune systems, or um, you know, if they have some sort of gut gut virus, and they get the vaccination. Um, they're more prone to ad severely adverse reactions and maybe even long-term, you know, permanent illness. And so people are going in not knowing, hey, you should boost your immune system up for a week, or if you've had a cold or a gut disease, don't get the vaccination. Even if you're scheduled to, you need to postpone that. And, and we're not anti-vaccination, but we are, um, let's get it at a rate that is reasonable for our body 
to do the work. You know, it's not a magic bean that, that fixes it. Your body needs to take that in, do some hard work with it, teach right. itself how to reproduce the antibodies it now has and fight off the ones that it sees in that vaccine um, and then recover from that whole process. And if you're already, you know, at a, at a uh, you know, the health of your body is already low, whether it's your immune system or your gut health, your body's not going to be able to do that uh, on that level. And it may even have some pretty serious reactions. So I think nobody's saying, Hey, take, you need to take vitamin A for a week prior. You need to take supplements for a week afterwards to give your body the best shot. They're just saying, Hey, if you're 60 year old or go in and get this, you know, virus injected into you. And some of these folks who I've heard from, I'm like, you might want to, you know, make sure you check with your doctor to see how healthy you are you know, cause it's not a, it's not a fix. It's not like an immediate cure. There's still a lot of work that goes on that we just don't do externally, I guess. Listen, I, I think that what you're saying, and I would agree with is that people need to do this in a responsible fashion, both the people who are administering it and the people who are taking it. And people need to have uh, the information that they need in order to take it at the best way possible. There's nothing, I would who would argue with that? That's a hundred percent spot on. But what I, what I actually heard today which was a, a fascinating thing, is that um, at the moment, the, the, through the vaccinations that they've done, the fatality risks, um, if you, once you administer this to people who are 90 years and up, the fatality risk drops by a fifth. When you're 80 years and up, it drops by a half. For when what? You're For 70 this vaccination? Years, yes. This vaccination drops the fatality risks. How do they know that? Because they've looked at the studies, I guess, that they've done so far in the, in the, in the testing and trial phase. And that they said people were 70 up, it drops by three fourths. It's actually coming out of a person named Arya Culver here in Israel. Has um, he done, have they done the human studies? Have they, so these people yeah. actually died? These are actual mortality rates? No, the opposite. I think they're looking at the people who have had it versus the people who haven't had it in that age bracket and how many people are dying once they get it. That's how I would imagine the numbers were being broken down. Right. I'll have to take a look. I haven't, you know, I'm not, I'm not a medical. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just telling you some of the things that I've heard, which from, from where I sit, look, you could be, you're 100% correct that if somebody's taking this in a compromised state and it's not going to do them any justice to do so, in fact, it's going in the opposite direction, who would advise them to do that, right? But what you're saying is not that people shouldn't take the vaccination, is that they should get all the information they need and they should take it at the best way possible, right? Yeah, and I think also just, I mean, more uh, long-term human studies, unfortunately, they're going to be in the mass population and not, you know, volunteered tests. They're, they're, people aren't volunteering as tests and data, they're volunteering to get this, you know, initial, uh, they're the early adopters essentially. So there may be some issues, but I, you know, we're going to wait uh, for a bit and just see, uh, cause most vaccine vaccinations are also, uh, even the ones that have been tested long-term years and met the criteria, um, the, the formulas are still tweaked over time as they're released into the, into the public, into the general population. So I think, you know, I'd rather wait and see what happens, um, get more Listen, data. I think from, from your perspective, from, from your vantage point and what you're talking about, I don't think it's as much of an issue because like I said, people who are under 50, uh, definitely even under 60, right? Our, our susceptibility to this, if we don't have precon, you know, preconditions is very low, right? We're not the people who need it right now. The people who need it right now are the people who are like we just said, 70 and up, 60 and up. 
right? Those are the people who need it right away. Um, I, you know, I have, I have one of my closest friends said to me the other day, he said, he, he was like talking about this and saying, you know, what if actually, as you were saying, so many people die from getting this. And I said, God forbid that should ever happen. But in doing so, I said, I said to him, I said, you sound a little bit like the person who wouldn't get on the boat and wouldn't get on the helicopter when there was a flood, right? Like there, there's, we know for sure, right? That, let's say this, we are, I'd say that in the 60 plus category, we're pretty certain that this thing is very detrimental, right? To that, to that population, especially that population that has other uh, problems in their system, right? And so what's the option? The option is to sit and wait and see what happens or to take something and try and see what we can do, right? I, I think yeah, everybody- but the, the cost is not like, you're, you're, yes, you're saved from this or not. The cost is possibly, you know, getting it, getting worse, having worse diseases uh, and side effects. You know, if, if they said, you know, this is a 100% effective vaccine, we've tested it long-term and it is the cure, Otherwise, you know, plenty of these people are safe and fine, you know, staying distanced and ordering groceries and that kind of stuff and just waiting to see, you know, longer effects. It's not like it's, it's not like the vaccine's going away either. You know what I mean? Like if we can, I think if people can wait a little longer and see how it affects people and then, you know, and also find out how long the antibodies last, um, that kind of thing, then we have more, you know, more data behind it. But it's not the, it's right now, the, this vaccine is not the end all be all. There's still so many questions involved that I think people need to be cautious and, and, and uh, prepare themselves if they're going to take it. I 100% agree with that statement. The problem is that we also know what's on the other side of this, even beyond the disease itself, right? We know that people are heavily getting into drugs, suicide, depression, right? And the, and the economy, there's so many other factors. It's not just... If everybody would just stay home and everyone would just wear a mask, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said to me, look, you, you know, uh, we can see that like masks are working in this country and that country. I said, we don't know. We, we're not seeing anything like that. We don't know if we knew, right. If it was actually the case that people, if people just wore masks, people wouldn't get it or people just stayed home, they wouldn't get it. There's actually evidence that show that people who stay home are more likely to get it from their family members. Right. This is yeah, if they're not if they're still exposing yeah for sure if they're not so there's the, there's a lot of like there's so many different moving parts to this that we can't just say like everybody just stop moving and then everything will be fine it's there's so many issues you know what I mean it's so overwhelming to sit here and and, and actually have to just sort of process this um, I don't know so will you get your youngest child how old is your youngest our youngest is four four years old will they get the vaccine when it's available to them? I think that actually most of the, most of the things I've heard so far is that children are not getting it. Children are not, it's not being administered to children yet because there, there have been no trial, no testing done on children. yet. They've so, only tested on adults. Okay. Correct. So I think we're, and, and again, when it comes to the risk factors, I think it's one in 300,000 you know, if you're below the age 40 and if you're below age 20, it's actually less deadly than the influenza virus. So like, I'm not worried about my children that much. You know what I mean? I'm worried more about, you know, my in-laws who are 60 You plus. just said there was no, there was no testing done yet, but then you gave, no, 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 no. where'd you get no, no, the no, no, statistics no, no. then? No, no, the statistics I'm talking about are the statistics of 
people who have had COVID, right? People who get COVID, yeah. the number of people who get COVID and who die from it, who are below 20, it's actually less deadly than the influenza virus, right? So the, I'm not as worried about people who are 20 and under or even 40 and under or 50 and under. I'm worried about people who are in that age bracket that are, you know, that are, that are older and more susceptible to it. Why don't we just inject the blood of children into our bodies and that would work? <laughs> Maybe that would lower the rate. I was like, it sounds like, uh, what was that? Lost Boys? Was that the movie that, you know, like where they were They all... were vampires, yeah. Oh, that was, that, oh my God. That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Are you kidding? It was a great, it was an 80s classic. It is an 80s classic, but when all you look star at- cast. When you look at Keith and then you go, what did you do after this? You actually got some decent roles. And like, look at you in this one. You know, that's my favorite finding, you know, finding things that people did when they were, you know, like a Burger King ad. You know what I mean? When they were younger, those are the best. Yeah, vampires. I mean, people always launch careers off of being a vampire, which by the way, that is how you know, that is how you, how zombie, how you, people become a zombie, you know, if, if someone who has COVID gets bit by one of the killer bees uh, that were, that happened this year, they become a zombie. I did, I uh, know. That's a fact. They've done tests on that. So that it is a fact and it doesn't matter what your gut is doing or anything else. You're going to get it. You're going to be zombie. Yep. They are, they are 80% sure a hundred percent of the time. Nice. How many dentists were, how many, two out of three dentists know that for sure? Yep. Two out of three dentists just heard that. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, Oh my goodness. So what else, man, what else can you tell me about the world in your part of the, in your neck of the woods? Nothing exciting. People are just kind of staying, you know, in this sense of grief from, uh, you know, not being able to do what they want to do. And another holiday is coming that uh, people won't be able to do. Are you like, what are you doing for Christmas? You guys are just you at home. We'll get together with our close family. um, But what's your uh, close family, your actual family, like your uh, grandparents and uh, cousins. We we've been getting together with them the, most of the time. Um, Are you sort didn't, of insular with them, and you don't sort of go branch out from that? And so everybody's is that how it's working? No, we just kind of have a shared respect of like if you've been if you've had any kind of cold symptoms or anything, don't come. If you've traveled or you know been out in public unmasked doing you know kind of flippant things, then that you know don't share and everybody's been respectful and kind of honest about that and that's been fine but yeah people have seen it's most of us are just you know either working staying at home and the you know the most any of them are getting out are grocery shopping and you know kind of those general errands that you have to do essential stuff and when you guys get together do you are you all masked like how do you guys what do you do no that's, you guys have it a lot better than we do. Wait till my in-laws hear this. We we are like sitting there telling them that we we basically stay. We basically have a since they've arrived here in Israel. They made they they actually immigrated to Israel. They've been here for quite a few weeks, I think already. Your in-laws? Yeah, and every meal, every meal is like we're outside because the weather is is still bearable. You know, it's not warm, but it's still bearable. And we're outside. We're masked except when we're actually eating and. We just, we, we're worried about our Petri dish children, you know what I mean? Who run around with all their friends and whether or not they can give it to the, to the, my in-laws. That's what we're mostly worried about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting part. I mean, even before and after the vaccine, it's like who can spread that. That's the scary part is like who can spread it without knowing they have it, you know, no yep. symptoms, no issues. And suddenly, 
you know, they give it to these less fortunate or uh, people who are more susceptible. And that's the, that's the big challenge. No, it's, it's the same challenge we face right now. I mean, it's the same thing. How do we, how do we keep everybody safe? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the hard part with, you know, on top of a pandemic and all the grief of not being able to do stuff, you see families getting in fights and, um, you know, all these kind of issues are revolving around having different uh, rules for public safety. Did you see the SNL skit where um, uh, the kids, the adult kids had to call home to their mom and say, hey, we're not coming home from Christmas. And the mom oh, yes. all gave him this like <laughs> passive aggressive. It's all right. I was just about to rip up all your old pictures and yearbooks anyways. Do you still want this video of your fifth grade be- uh, ballet recital? And they'd throw it in the garbage or something. And oh, yeah, yeah, it was good. But yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the sad part. And I'll tell you what I'm scared of. I'm scared that right now the news on Saturday Night Live is going to just be not funny as soon as like, Trump leaves office. I feel like they're going to run out of jokes really fast. They'll run out of political jokes, but they'll always make up something. I mean, this whole oh, for last, sure. uh, Saturday's episode was mostly like holiday stuff, and and it was good. Yeah. It was, some of it was right on point, and plus it was Kristen Wiig, who's just always oh, hysterical. God, she is so. I watched. I watched up until like midway through the news, and they and did you see that they did that whole thing about Hanukkah? I don't remember who it was. A singer from. You I know, haven't uh, seen that yet. Oh, uh, they did a whole thing where he mispronounced Hanukkah and it went viral. He called it like Chanukah or Ch- Chanuka. It was like, uh, it was like, whatever. So the, um, no, but she's, I mean, she's a, she's just a hit every single time. She is very funny. Why is Hanukkah spelled seven different ways in, in different places? Oh, uh, the question, the question. Actually, you know, that's actually a song by Gus, the, the lead, one of the lead singers of Guster, Adam, right? He started another band called the Levites. I think it's called, no, the Levies. And they, they're like hit song and it's all, it's a whole album all about Hanukkah. And it's, it's how many ways do you spell Hanukkah? And they said, how, it's like, how do you spell Hanukkah? And he says, Jose told me it was spelled with a J, but he was wrong. Like that's one of the lines in the song. And, he's like, uh, and so, yeah, so the, but um, it's spelled so many different ways because the letter that it starts with um, is called a chet and a chet is a guttural letter. And the question is, how do you indicate in, in English transliteration that it's, it's a H sound and not a H sound, right? Not a H sound. And some people think you can just do it with an H. And that's actually how I spell my Hebrew name, Chaim, right? As you guys, I'm Jamie yeah. and Chaim. So I spell it H-A-Y-I-M. Um, because I figured, actually, the reason I spelled it that way is because I figured it was the closest shot for people who were not Jewish to not call me Chaim. Because C H A I M is not the you know that's how you would pronounce it if you didn't know that it was a ch. What does that mean in Hebrew? What does chain mean? Uh, nothing oh. at all. I don't think there's no, actually. I don't that's even too know, bad. Uh, it would have been great if it were something like ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's the indicating. Not, some people actually indicate it by doing an, an H with a dot below it that it's a ch sound, right? That's a, mm. so that's why you get it spelled so many different ways. And how many ends do you really need? I don't know how many ends you need in the, in the world. Yeah. It's, all good questions. All good questions. We transliteration. Actually, they were actually going to pass something here in this country. The Knesset, the, the government in Israel said they were going to pass a resolution. This is before COVID, I think. They were going to pass a resolution to standardize the transliteration of English and Hebrew, like from Hebrew to English. Huh. Because it's really problematic. Like there's a place in Israel called Petach Tikva, right? Sound at the end. It is spelled with a W mm-hmm. in English on the signs. It's Petach Tikwa. And we're like, 
No, there's no W in that word. You'd like to buy a vowel? (laughs) Yeah, nobody really knows. I feel like, though, the hard part is um, I've been told in two different occasions that I spelled Hanukkah wrong, and I just thought, screw you. You have no idea. (laughs) Not only that, it's like, where do you get off? (laughs) You you spelled it wrong. It's it's a Hebrew. I didn't spell it with Hebrew letters. I could tell you that if I was spelling it with Hebrew letters. So one guy wanted to say, you don't have the right to say that. You're a Christian pastor. Is that right? I would I would have I would have been right there with you, Ralph. I would have been standing right next to you going, You're you you back off, buddy. He didn't I should have told him it was anti-Semitic just to call me out on that. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta love that. What what? It's anti-Semitic to call it what? That's I'm telling you, man. But yeah, so I have I've transliteration has always been an issue for for our culture. Even even Jews are they're stumped. We're all stumped. We don't know how to spell these things. Yep. Well, anyway, it seems like a good place to close up for now. But um, good luck with the vaccine. If you grow horns or webbed feet, please let me know. I will right away. In fact, if I can still dial, I'll still if I you know if my webbed hands can't dial on the computer anymore, I'll be stuck. But if you could do math like a million times better and calculations in your head, nice. Also, let me know that, and I'll get on the That's, train quickly. What is that? A, a is that a reference to a Brad? What's his name? Movie where he takes those drugs and he's like really, really smart. What's that? What was that one? Anyway, all good things. Oh, all good limitless. Things. Limitless. limitless. Thank Bradley, you. That's Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Actually, funny, funny SNL story before we wrap up. Bradley Cooper grew up also in my hometown, not, not just Phoebe, also Bradley Cooper. And he went to school with a guy I knew that I went to camp with. So I didn't know Bradley, but I knew this guy named Danny Lane. And Bradley went on to have this huge career. And I, my mother tells me all these things because she follows everybody on Facebook because that's my mother. She does that. And she's like, oh, yes, they went to school together and they're friends together. And I was like, yeah, whatever, mom. And this one, uh, when Bradley Cooper hosted Saturday Night Live, he, had a, he did one of the talk shows. Yeah. And he was like the talk show host. And they're like, now welcome your host of the show, Danny Lane. And I was like, no way. He okay. totally did a shout out to him by being, I was, it was amazing. Anyway. So Bradley Cooper, darn good looking man. Well, hopefully we all wind up like Bradley Cooper and limitless from the vaccine, but not addicted to it. No, we wouldn't want that. That'd be a twist. If Pfizer got us all addicted to the vaccine. (laughs) I can see that coming. And if we all had webbed feet and and there it is people, that's how conspiracy theories get started. You heard it here first and you'll never believe this. (laughs) And I don't think they're going to believe that. All All right, right, man. Good seeing you. It's all good to see you always. Take it easy, everybody.